From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 204, and today joining me are Cody Crane from the Spook Podcast, as well as Kajartan Hewitt, who you know from shows like The Strain, Killjoys, Blackout, as well as movies like Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Goodfellas. Uh, amazing. Yeah, and uh, so we'll do quick introductions just in case. I'm Jeremy, and I have seen this movie probably a number of times. Uh, first first up, we have Care. Hey, I'm Carrot Hewitt, and uh, I don't know why I just waved at the camera because nobody can see me. Uh, I can see you. I'm a person. Well, okay. Hello. Um, <laughs> I, at first, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that movie, Five Easy Pieces. I have not seen that. And then I realized that it was Chinatown, which is completely different. And, oh, we're uh, seeing Chinatown. I, what did I, I said Goodfellas. That's because I'm doing Goodfellas later on in the week. Oh, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We're sitting. Let me let me do that again. We're sitting down to watch Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> this is a roller coaster ride. <laughs> it really is. It's, I'm an uh, idiot. What a, what an evening. Um, <laughs> what a fool I am. So, uh, oh, so not hardly, not hardly. Um, so, so back. I cha- to- oh, sorry. I challenged Cody to watch uh, Synecdoche, New York. So he would have been just like equally disappointed with something that was depressing in very different ways just to complete that thought but uh, yeah we're gonna watch uh chinatown i think i'm so confused yes we're 100 percent watching chinatown okay. uh and uh, and last but not least we have the wonderful cody crane with us hey, hey i'm i'm excited to watch chinatown goodfellas i'll watch it all i'll um, put them on at the same time but have you but I, I don't know if that'll work but have you seen it <laughs> have you seen chinatown I have seen Chinatown, but it's been a long time. Uh-huh. I remember watching it because basically, like when I was a kid, I didn't watch uh, I didn't watch cartoons. I watched the Action Channel, so whatever was on the Action Channel would be what I would see. So I watched Demolition Man every Saturday. <laughs> As per, we should be watching Demolition Man because I have some questions about that film. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I've, we've all seen it, though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. that is the problem. But that's not the point of the podcast. <laughs> I love that we've all seen Demolition Man, but but but, but you said I, that you've seen Chinatown, and this is your black hole podcast about your uh, you know your little black hole that you keep in the back of your uh, you who me personally. Yeah, I've seen Chinatown. But I thought that this was a black hole podcast about what you haven't seen. No, it's other. Oh, it's just other people. Have this you is seen? you forcing other people to watch stuff. Sometimes, but you haven't seen it, right? No. Okay, good. No, no. As long as one person watching hasn't seen it, we're good. Okay. Yeah. No, I've seen Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, sometimes I'm the black hole. Sometimes it's somebody else. Uh, often it's, it's it, usually I, I ask the guest to come up with a movie they haven't seen. Wait. Uh, so the last time that we were by and we were watching, um, I think we watched Halloween with uh, Jess Greco. You had yes. already seen Halloween. I had already seen Halloween. Yeah, but Jessica hadn't. I hadn't either. Yeah, so that was okay. See, I thought that this was just like everyone together is going to do this thing. Sometimes we get lucky and everyone hasn't seen it, but sometimes it's a blend. Sometimes, like whenever Norm Wilner comes on, chances are he's seen it five times. So, right. But he gets to come in with like fun trivia and whatnot. That sounds very fun. This yeah, is you- like kind of Care's uh, gimmick in podcasts is that he just doesn't understand the podcast ever. Like the one that he hosts <laughs> no. with me, supposed to host with me, he mm-hmm. still doesn't understand it or show up. <laughs> I understood it <laughs> to the point that I stopped showing up. <laughs> so then uh, what – Let's just get into to, to care then. So you haven't seen Chinatown. Is there a reason why you haven't gotten around to seeing Chinatown? Um, I think I've probably if if it starts up, I feel like it's gonna be one of those films that I tried to watch uh, when I was like twenty because I took that was that was like when I was in uh, film classes and whatever the hell, and I took like English lit and lit film stuff. So that all happened, and uh, I know that it's like a film noir thing. And I know a couple of things about Roman Polanski, just a couple. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't have any like recall of really watching Chinatown. I, like I can I can picture Jack and like in a suit and doing stuff, but not really the film at all. So I feel like I didn't watch it. Copy that. Yeah, I think yeah. you. There's certain things that if you've seen Chinatown, you, they pro- they kind of stick in your brain. I th- I would think. Well, I think that what's going to happen is I'm going to watch it and it's going to be sort of like when you used to watch like old WB cartoons and then you understood what the fuck Bugs Bunny was saying. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be yeah. like, you know, a Casablanca reference or there's like the- play it again, Sam. And you're just like, that's OK for a cartoon character to say and I'm not going to question it. And like, you know. And yeah, there'll be a lot of Simpsons episodes that suddenly make sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've found that uh, throughout all of my film education that the Simpsons uh, parodies are just like, uh, uh, what am I trying to think of? Uh, you know, Robert De Niro under the car. Uh, I don't uh, know that one. He was in jail and he gets out, and then Sideshow Bob is that. Oh, okay, I'm not remembering the oh, name. Cape of the Fear. Film. Cape Fear. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, save me from that. Thanks, Cody. I see Kara has a big thing where he doesn't think I watch movies that I don't know movies, but I've come in here. I've seen Chinatown. I got Cape fear for him. Like I'm proving myself here. And yet he still won't believe it. Yeah. No. And like, Jeremy, you know, I, I've been on the podcast multiple times. The ones that I was missing, you know, the big hole Magnolia was a big hole. I'll admit, but everyone's got big holes. I like that. We've all seen demolition <laughs> man though. That's not a black <laughs> hole. Demolition <laughs> man. Yeah. Did you just call it Commotion Man? Commotion. This is also a good name. <laughs> I, I don't think Demolition Man's a black hole for anyone. It's just a must-watch movie that uh, I think families sit around uh, yearly and see. Yeah, there's definitely watched- a, a generation of us that knows what the three shells are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that Taco Bell was the one surviving fast food chain. Yeah. That's Wasn't the, the did around there? It was called like Future Cop or something. Or that was Van Damme. There was another one that he did Time around Cop. Demolition. But Time Cop. Time Cop. Yeah, yeah. Future Cop has not been made yet. I not don't yet. think. 
Not that we know about. Future Cop sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the premise of Demolition Man, right? Yeah. I, li- yeah. I like how, I, but I like the thing that there was a soft pitch for that movie that was originally called just Commotion Man. They're like, we got to go bigger. We got to go way bigger. What's bigger than a commotion? I don't know, Demolition? Done. You are hired. You're writing it. <laughs> Uh, that, that reminds More me of a really in. bad Fresh Prince joke. There was this like guy that was dating. Is it was it Hillary was the older daughter on Fresh Prince? Yeah, yep. and she came home with this this like smutsy LA agent guy who yeah. uh, who who's uh, claimed was, that he had that, well, they were going to make the movie. The original title for Pretty Woman was Very Attractive Woman, and he's like, guys, come on, we got to go bigger than that. Like, why not just call her pretty? And, and he had a whole, there was a whole bunch of really bad jokes that were around that vibe. She was a fantastic actor and uh, she turned up in that movie. Um, oh, now I'm doing a bad job already. Uh, uh, um, the Ladies Man. Do you remember that movie? I've never seen her in anything but Fresh Prince. Okay, well, that was, this is why. This is the only other movie that I've ever seen her in and she was fucking fantastic in The Ladies Man. It's the Tim Meadows SNL one, right? Exactly, yeah. I'm jumping in there with your uh, movie knowledge there. Poor Tim Meadows. Listen, I'm throwing you softballs here, pal. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Cody. I I I want to give praise to Tim Meadows, though. What a gem. Underrated gem. He's, he's amazing. Quite, he's just one of those guys that he's always a great, like, second or third character he's not mm-hmm. a real leading man but when you put him in a good like supporting part he kills it oh you know, yeah. he, he's one of the best parts of walk hard uh mm-hmm. and he's also great in mean girls yeah uh, i was gonna say i think that's the biggest movie that he's ever been in mean girls yeah probably yeah that and walk hard i mean walk hard is a pretty big hit at the yeah. time i would it's think pretty big but mean girls was like that was a whole goddamn thing yeah yeah, that was, yeah, he was great. So, betting back to Chinatown. So, you don't know anything about Chinatown? I know some about Chinatown. I mean, like, I know Jack and folk, whatever. But And folk, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, not too much. Plansky and Jack, that's that's what I know. I know that it's a film noir, which I love. But. These, these are all good things. <laughs> uh, so, I think we should just dive in then. Wait, does that mean that you guys are just going to like leave me for two hours and 20 minutes and just be like, okay, let's talk to this guy later? I'm, I'm going to rewatch it right now because I haven't okay. seen it in a while. I always rewatch. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I need to rewatch this thing. I haven't seen it since I was a child. We got to come in fresh so we have pithy comments. <laughs> I love pith. You wait a minute. You watched this as a child? Yeah, I watched. I- I watched just the act. I didn't watch uh, like oh, right. yeah, cartoons. I, re- I was there for that part of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I also <laughs> I watched, watched Demolition Man as a child, which was a bad choice. <laughs> that that was like my favorite movie when I was like six was Demolition Man. I was just rolling with the punches with it. But you have it. older siblings, right? I do, but they didn't live with me. They're much older. Okay, because I feel like that's the thing that happened. Well, that's what happened to me. I remember watching like Alien and Scarface when I was like, too young and just be, like feeling sick to my stomach <laughs> yeah i mean i just had a dad that just wanted to watch the action channel and didn't give a shit if i shouldn't watch it <laughs> that's fair I-, I subscribe to that school of parenting sometimes yeah <laughs> 
I remember my dad bringing home stripes and he was like, you got to watch this. And I was like, it's rated R. He's like, yeah, there's tits. You'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I think like, I remember my mom accidentally taking me to the movie theater to see scary movie. And that was like 99 or 2000. And I remember after that, she was like, you can see every movie now. (laughs) 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 I fucked up. You can see everything. (laughs) Uh, Your mom sounds good. (laughs) I go there with my son. My son is 12 now. And there's some things that I still think he'll appreciate more if he just waits a little while longer. Mm. Uh, But there's some stuff. But if he accidentally stumbles upon something, I'm like, sure, whatever. Uh, But yeah. Do you know the the book, The Book Club? No. It's... uh, uh, Toronto. Uh, no, no, no. I think it's not called the book club. It's called the film, the movie club. The, fi- the film, film club. club. Film club. Yeah, film yeah, club. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, club. I just re- yeah, I read it last year. Oh, it's beautiful, and I think that that's a great way to actually like raise a child. Not that I would know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, for, the, for those who don't know, do you, have you, do you know this book, Cody? No, I don't. P- pitch it for the listeners, then then care. Oh well, I'm now I can't remember his name. Is David something? But uh, it's essentially his. Uh, Errant son has been like smoking weed and not attending classes. So he decides that he's going to allow his son to stay with him so long as he is allowed to watch a movie a day with him and then talk about it and thus giving him a a film education. And uh, it's it's some of the best movies that you'll ever uh, watch. It goes from just sort of like like French and Italian cinema um, into some like well like new wave whatever and basically if you were to take they they give it to you in in uh, the the preface just all of the films if you were to watch one of those every day you would be more knowledgeable about film than basically anybody that i know and if you had someone to talk to about it then it's perfect um and i won't give away the ending david gilmore is the name of the david gilmore thank you Yeah. yeah Uh, yeah, it's a great book. It's, it's a really nice, um, father son story, but also just a really nice, like film nerdy book as well. Yeah. How do they recommend? Uh, it's, it's one of those books that I've, I've read more than once and also, um, copy. Do you ever have a book that you give away? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> Keep on buying and giving it away. Exactly. You're like the king of giving away books though. You've given me like five books at this point. Well, He's a generous man. Yeah, Here's my secret. I can't read, Cody. <laughs> he has the audio books at home. I'm just looking for someone who will sit by my bedside. And please read me these books someday. <laughs> yeah. I've missed the hint this entire time. It's just time. what I want. <laughs> you know. Those are the five books you have to read him. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I, have I given you that many books? Yeah, you've given me, I believe, three different Simon Rich books at this point. That makes sense. Um, those are all good i don't know what three of they are but i promise you they're all good they're amazing yeah yeah i've I've been i reread them uh during the pandemic actually they're very good Mm. um and then you gave me capture in the rye oh no 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 (laughs) what i did was i followed you around for a few months holding it (laughs) i i was wringing it in my hands outside of the places you were staying (laughs) I didn't give you Catcher in the Rye, did I? Yes, you did. You gave <laughs> oh, did you say that you'd never read Catcher in the Rye and I had probably like two or three copies of it? You just happened to have that on hand when he mentioned that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you should read this. He had a drawer filled with 
remember you giving it to me though. You're like, this is yours now. And I'm like, okay. And I brought it home and everyone was just kind of like, this isn't even that like great of a, Not, a book. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would he give you this? And also <laughs> said you never read it. I feel like yeah. everyone should read that. And also an essay deadline, <laughs> which you are far behind on from what I heard. Uh, yeah. yeah I have word being dead. <laughs> it's a, it's a couple years late. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, then, uh, we should probably dive in and watch Chinatown. All right. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we just finished. Mm. What an evening. What an evening. Nice. Oh, what, a, what an evening. A nice light movie. Yeah, right. So, so, go ahead, Cody. Yeah, it's it it is kind of uh, like in a way of just being just a nice easy watch. <laughs> not <laughs> there's no complications at all. No, there's not some deep contempla- uh, like contemplation about uh, you know morality or race or even uh, a great many things. Okay, many things. So we'll we'll start with you, Kara, because you're the you're the first time viewer on this one. What uh, initial thoughts? Okay, well, I've I've prepared something for you. If oh. uh, if you bear with me, would you like to us to, to drop a beat? No, 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 no. I I think I'm going to find the first thing that I found on YouTube. Um, that that sounded like, uh, you know. Oh no, I have too many windows open. Oh, why so many windows open? This is taking forever. Yeah, that's I, I'm um, I'm guilty of it. I'm a multiple window opener myself. Oh no, it's like my desk. I just know where things are. Sorry, I need to listen to you for this. Um. Oh my God! What are you doing? Just having like more trouble than it's worth. All right. Well, uh, this I'm, isn't even that much fun. Like I, I just, I was, I was gonna play some like there's horrible uh, so jazz. Much like I, okay, fine. <laughs> All right, Cody and I are gonna be over in the corner talking while you yeah. while you figure out your YouTube clip. Did you say you're gonna play some horrible Jason Mraz? <laughs> I wish I'm Mr. MRZ over here right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, for, for me watching, uh, Chinatown, uh, this time around is like, as I was watching, I remembered like all of, uh, the twists and like answers that you're looking for kind of thing. So for me this time, I realized that this must've been one of the first, if not the first Jack Nicholson movies I ever watched. So to me, it was so weird putting in the scenes. I don't know if you ever had this, but like putting in the scenes that you just kind of didn't realize it was that actor in your memories. Oh. So now when I was yeah. like, w- watching it back, I had like an experience of like, oh, yeah, this is Jack Nicholson. And like you see like all of his like classic like cho- choices that he makes as an actor and everything. So that was a big experience for me this time is just like fully realizing that this is Jack Nicholson. That's fascinating. Oh, that, that's that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. So, is this the first time you've seen it since you were a kid, then, Cody? Yeah. Uh, see, I would have watched this for the first time back in film school, uh, 
And I feel like the first time I watched it, I was really high and it made me feel dumb. And I didn't, I could, I had a really hard time following. So I'm like, wait a minute. He's looking for someone that's having an affair, but there's water. Why is it water? <laughs> and then just feeling really dumb and then being blown away by the ending, but then still not getting it. And I honestly don't know if I've revisited it since then. So this time around, I was like, oh, this makes a little bit more sense, but I still sort of feel dumb, but I'm just going to go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I I loved watching it, knowing what was going to happen and just experiencing all of the times that you just see, um, especially at the start where he's just like clumsy and like screwing up and everything. And to me, it was like, okay, this is alluding to, like, he just can't get it done. I yeah. thought, anyways, and just watching uh, this is, because uh, to me, this whole movie, it was basically a Mr. Magoo movie, right? Like, you're just seeing this guy just screw up, fall over the place, total slapstick romp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we watched the same. Did you, do you have a YouTube clip, too, you want to share with us, Cody? Well, yeah, remember when he was on that... Uh, um, yeah, I'm sorry, I had a misstep there. I wanted to do something stupid, but please carry on, Cody. <laughs> well, remember when he was on that roof and he uh, slipped a bit and made a noise and then uh, they uh, looked up and then he just like kind of like hit himself or whatever? Well, I mean, the Mansard Rutoff is uh, just a, a classic of any sort of detective film. And then there's they the they never actually stick up there. I don't know if anybody who has a mansard rooftop out there, but that's not a thing that you should ever put on the top of your house because they will just fall off as soon as someone is you know uh, thinking about are you are you fucking that lady? You, you're done, <laughs> and it costs a lot of money. I mean, like I know it's just like it's it's Mexican clay. You'd assume that it would be like an easy thing to no. It costs a lot of money because they actually import it. It's it's a fucking nightmare. Sorry, it's my own problems. A neighbor of mine just put that on their roof, and I was like, "Really? That's a bold choice for Canada." Oh no, it can it can look nice. I've seen. Oh, it, it looks nice. I just think the weather it's just, it's not going to last. It's going to crack. The heat and cold is not going to be a good combination. You're, you're correct <laughs> for that material. <laughs> However, Mexican tile and like uh, what is uh, the Italian sort of like? Have you ever seen those sort of rounded windows that uh, you can see in? I guess. <sighs> Kind of down by where you, where you guys are. Do you ever see some of those houses where they're just like, they really like fucked around with some of the Italian structure? Where yeah, in the beach, they have quite a few of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's nice. <laughs> uh, so do you have your, your jazz? Uh, yeah, and you know what? I thought I had this like piped in ready, and now I just feel stupid because it doesn't like sound like it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be worthwhile. I thought it would be something that, to pipe in immediately, and then uh, this thing blew up with a thousand pop-ups for no reason. Um, and <laughs> so it was a cleanup job. Anyway, here we go. You cannot transcend your class. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. The first Chinese person you saw never met his eye. And that's James Song. Who you've probably seen in like a million movies, and he's, he's fucking great. Who's the butler? The next Chinese person could never tell him anything. Glass or grass? Mm, seems pretty racist. When he endeavored to hear, he caught a gun in his ear. When he tried to sniff it out as a detective, he almost lost his nose. Evelyn Murray. 
Sano Evil again. You can get paid or get put away. You can survive, but never surpass. And hey, baby, that's Chinatown. I was going to try to pipe in with that and just be obnoxious, but now I'm obnoxious like times seven. So <laughs> I enjoyed that. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, but I did think that there wait. was. It was definitely worth uh, you making us wait five minutes. Hey, <laughs> if I'm going to make you wait five minutes, it's Chinatown. <laughs> I'm not though. Oh. Yeah, I was going to try to be obnoxious, but now it's just like so many obnoxious things in a row. However, I think that a lot of those things are are true. That the like hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil, like that sort of like Confucius thing actually existed there and sort of the subjugation of Chinese people and just being like, Hey, no one's ever going to fucking figure this out because it's Chinatown. It's just sort of like where you can clean your thumbs within that city. That actually like, I don't know if that rang true to you guys, but like, I was just like, Oh, this is where you can like lay your dirty laundry to rest. And also he's never going to get out of Chinatown because he's from Chinatown. Like, yeah. And that, and that phrase now has become like one of those Hollywood forever quoted and it almost means now it's it's quoted a lot in the industry just as like whenever things get complicated and don't make sense it's like just forget it fucking chinatown i do that to people just to be a jerk where i'm just like forget it and people when you say forget it to somebody it really they're just like it's chinatown and then i like i I only ever say it when i'm in chinatown with somebody but yeah I don't have that sort of intellect that you have where it's, you know, actually means something, but that's fair. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you guys want to talk about the movie and I'll stop uh, halting conversation for my own dumb bits. What did you, what did you think overall? Did you enjoy? Was it worth, was it worth the, uh, the, the 30 odd years it took you to get around to it? Yeah. I mean, uh, just for the references, uh, on its own or just the like Jack performance stuff, you know what I really, really loved, uh, was how many of his own stunts he did himself and like never really understanding why Jack was so like, like he was important to me because I saw him in the first Batman movie and I was just like, that was fucking crazy. And you know, whatever. But uh, he was like, yeah, that was wild. That was absolutely wild. Did you see him like hop that fence? And he was just like, I'm going to get blown down a fucking weird water chute and like also ride on the side of a car and like duck over. We haven't actually figured out blanks yet. Like, And that's his own nose that he gets sliced off. That, that. Is that right? Yeah, that was his own nose. He did that, <laughs> he did that himself. Uh, I thought that yeah. was a part of the pound of flesh he was giving back to the, uh, you know, but the production agency, but I don't know. It's interesting thinking of it that way because I also think that similar to what Cody was saying, that this was his first time watching Jack probably in this movie and then having to fill in all those blanks. I think uh, my first Jack performance I ever saw was probably that Batman movie too where he was the Joker. Yeah. And then going back and watching stuff like this after it was like, oh shit, he did these all these other things before. You know, I remember and then also like uh what's the one um that great Mike Nick Mike Nichols film he's in Carnal Knowledge. Uh I've never seen that. Oh, Carnal Knowledge oh. fan. Oh, it's so good. It's him, oh. Art Garfunkel, um What? Is it Anne Margaret? Yeah, Art Art Garfunkel. Art Garfunkel. <laughs> and he's That's- gra- and he's I never great. thought he was in a film. All right. I think that's literally the only starring starring role he ever had. And he's great in it. Uh, and I want to say it's Anne Margaret is in it too. And I can't remember. Oh, and Candace Bergman. Uh, oh, cool. 
Yeah. It's a really, it's like a weird forehander. It's almost like, uh, have you seen Closer? It's a like Natalie Portman, Clive Owen. Absolutely. Movie. Yeah, a million times. It's the, that movie, well, the, the, yeah, it'll break your heart every time. Okay. Anybody, it, everybody. So if you like that movie, Carnal Knowledge is almost like the original Closer. Same director. Listen, my relationship is going pretty all right. So, you know. <laughs> but if you want to see like a totally different kind of Jack Nicholson, watch Carnal Knowledge. It's fantastic. All right, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> we watched As Good As It Gets a million times. Yep. That was another one of my early Jack when I when I, when I was younger because that was probably, you know, one, one best picture when I was in my early teens, I imagine, if I'm doing the math properly on that. Uh, what's uh, what's her name? The director, uh, lady, uh, Efron. Is that an Efron? No, 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 no. no. Uh, no that's may Brooks. May that's as well be. No, it's Brooks. Though it's James. L. No, Brooks. no, no, not James L. Brooks. James L. Brooks did work with her, but I'm talking about the director. Uh, who's as name good as I'm it forgetting. gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that might be James L. Brooks. You're right. That is 100 um, James L. Brooks. But I'm talking. About, uh, it, he didn't direct though. Uh, it's um, you're not thinking. Hand. You're not thinking as good as it gets because James L. Brooks 100 directed as good as it gets. Without looking it up, I would almost bet money on it. Now I'm going to look it up because I don't think so. Because James L. Brooks did Spangler. Like, uh, who did the set, set dressing? She always has like amazing kitchens in her films. You're thinking, you're not thinking of that movie. You're thinking of a different movie. Okay. You know who I'm thinking about, though, right? You're thinking of, I think you're thinking of Nora Ephron. I'm not thinking of Nora Ephron because I never met her, Nora Ephron. I'm James L. Brooks definitely directed okay. as he gets. Sure, sure, sure. Ah, uh, fuck. You're thinking it's complicated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we watched As Good As It Gets a million times uh, because it was one of the movies that my mom had on VHS. It's so we had Nancy Myers. Nancy, Nancy Myers. There we go. Nancy Myers. Sorry. Anyway, I went out to, uh, I flew to New York to audition for her and I didn't get the part. <gasps> Did you get to meet her in person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that must have been cool. No, no, no. Oh, no? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, Seaver didn't get it. But also, I was like sitting in the room, and I'm just like, I know who everyone here is. You don't know me. Like it was just sort of one of those situations where you're just like, ah, well, I guess I've always got. Oh no, <laughs> you all, you've. Got, <laughs> I appreciate the, 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 the pulling back on the Chinatown reference, but the, <laughs> uh, but it is interesting. He always. I, what I've always thought with, with Jack Nicholson is that he's just one of those actors that never. Like, he's just so fucking good. He never seems like he's ever acting. He's never not boring. Yeah. No, that's just it. Like he's just always doing, and you don't, I never think of him as like an actor because he seems so natural at it. And he seems the kind of guy that would almost mock other actors for talking about any acting or, or any like motivation. Just something. I think I almost feel like he's the guy that just walks in fully formed and is perfect and then just leaves. Well, yeah. Going back to the, like the Batman films, he would walk in and just be like, Hey, uncle Lulu's here. The laundry's up. And you're just like, I don't know what that means, but that was the best line of this. Scene. What the fuck just happened? Like, he's he's just out of his mind. And I love, yeah, he's <laughs> super fucking fun to watch. That's it. Like, For this movie, um, I know that, like, he was watching uh, the Lakers games in his trailer and late to almost every single thing. So Polanski destroyed his TV and, like, came in and just fucked up his TV so he couldn't watch them anymore. That's so, funny. Like he's putting no preparation in this, going right on there late, just kills it, leaves. 
It goes back. The one other acting uh, tip that I do know from this is that the slap, they, they couldn't get it right and to look real. And so Faye Dunaway just had him. Just actually, hit him? She said, just hit me. And he was he didn't want to, and he was so upset afterwards. Uh, and couldn't stop apologizing to her for ever. But, uh, but it was apparently her choice, and she insisted that he do it because it was just getting silly and taking forever. That's so funny because I was working with Tommy Amber Peary and we couldn't get the smack to work right because we had never filmed it ever. Uh, so on the uh, not even rehearsal, she just hauled off on me. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, maybe I deserve this. I don't know what I did. Like, That's not uncommon of Tommy. I got into a slap fight with Tommy once. I love Tommy. I think she, Tommy doesn't doesn't love me, but I love Tommy. Oh, that's not true. But Tommy, no, this is the relationship I have with most actors that I love profoundly. They're just like you're an annoying, annoying person. I'm yeah, there's like, oh, no, a big group you. of us that just don't. <laughs> know. Oh, I love you. We we meet weekly. We talk about how much love he brings to us and how it's just not worth it. And okay. not reciprocal. Yeah, we <laughs> well, just give it back. If you've understood now that you can hit me without any sort of reciprocity, that's you know you're, you'll be all right. <laughs> that's not okay. You 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 can't just randomly hit someone. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. That's not a good. Uh, never do that to anybody. No, uh, except uh, Tommy, for me because you can get away with it. So. Yeah, Tommy's mind was premeditated. She's just like, I want you to slap me as hard as you can. I was like, I can't do that, Tommy. There's no fucking way. And then she hauled off and cracked me, and then I hit her back really hard right away. Because no, she's so instinct. she's so small. Hold on, you're like you're smaller than me now. I think you're probably like a buck eighty or something like that. Yeah, you're a little baby boy. Around How big were you at that time, though? Because that's I, too I much. was much she's, bigger. She's, I was I was close to three around that time. Oh no, I was over three. Definitely. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first off, that's amazing. You can hit anybody you want. That's a great <laughs> achievement. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Thank but you. Tommy Amber's got to be like what? Like even even when I mean, she's always just this like cute little like button of a person, but like maybe 120 pounds, something like that. You, you like, can't. She's little. Yeah, but she's fierce. You can't knock her over. She's she she was a figure skater. She, that girl has. Muscles. I've never tried. <laughs> yeah, she's got muscles I didn't even know existed. Uh, yeah, yeah, she she's a beast, and she and she, she is and, a beast, and and also it was it was the kind of thing where it's like she only hit me so that I would hit her back because she um, wanted to know what it felt like to be slapped because no one had ever slapped her before and was insisting I do it and I didn't want to do it and then she hit me so hard that my natural reaction was just to fight back. <laughs> Uh, so I'm we, just trying to say I understand what Jack went through. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Hold on. Let's. <laughs> I was going to tell you more like the ways that actors and I have injured each other, but let's let's get back on track here. No, I want to hear that story. What? How other ways have you and other actors injured each other? Oh, uh, I mean, I hurt Tom one time because we were, we were playing tennis uh, for those clusterfuck back whenever the hell, and uh, I jumped over the. Cause I, I used to do that. I just jumped over the tennis thing. And my plan was to hoist her up cause she's a tiny little person. And I just like caught a rock and I was like, I'm going down. So what I did was through my, I still have, you probably can't see that, but there's a good scar right there where I just tried to cradle her skull uh, into the, like <laughs> into the pavement. And I remember it being like, sort of just like seeing white and then seeing Tommy go like, 
and just being like, she's never going to forgive me. And just for the rest of the day, me trying to hide that I was bleeding profusely, like just like running to the shoppers nearby and bandaging shit up and just like hiding it under my sleeve as best I could. Cause I, I felt so bad because <laughs> I like, I took her, it was like a fucking, it was a wrestling move. Like it was a, Hey, you would know what that is. Wait, what do you call it when you do this? It's not a power bomb. It's like straight up into the air and then down. So you skip the whole this and you're underneath their thighs. Doing no, what, like a grill no above, above their thighs. Like it's like, it's not a suplex because you don't wrench yourself behind yourself. It's like a, like a rip rise eyes to the sky is kind of like, you know, a football move. You're doing like a gorilla press or something or like a spine buster maybe? Spine buster sounds right. That's what I was thinking when you were, I don't know what it's called, but it's, I know that it hurts your spine. So <laughs> spine buster. Cody Crane knows a lot about professional wrestling, so I, I defer to him. Mm-hmm. Well, I, an act, acting story of uh, someone uh, abusing you when you're acting, I go to uh, care for self-tapes. Every time he doesn't like one of my takes, uh, he puts me in a knee bar. Yeah. <laughs> Just ta- It makes me tap out every single time. It's made me a great actor, but also I have such weak knees now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <All> you two. <laughs> First time he walked in, I said, you got weak knees. And he's like, what are you? And I just held my gaze. Awkward. Until he hit his mark. I was like, all right. <laughs> Much better. Um, what other Polanski movies have you, have you, both of you seen and liked or, or disliked? I have a weird first, oh, that's not Polanski. Who's the uh, uh, Zifferelli? Sure. I'm thinking, of, okay. I don't Never know. Never mind. I, I, oh, the Zifferelli uh, Romeo and Juliet, whatever thing. I just associate that with like the Roman Polanski kind of like. Uh, Uber? Uh, yeah, Uber and also just like Manson and uh, everything well, there. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to, he almost didn't come back because he wasn't living in California anymore, but this was, this is four years after Sharon Tate's like brutally murdered. Yeah. 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 And this so is seven, was, this is 78. That was like 74, right? Yeah. So he was hesitant to come back. And then of course, after this is when he fled and, uh, has, is this his last film before he fled? This is his last film in America. Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay. Yeah, because they wanted him to come back for the sequel for this. And I think that's a big reason why it got delayed. Yeah. Oh, then Nicholson ended up directing it himself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Two yeah. Jakes. And, and I was reading, too, that uh, like the thir- like the, the writer made all three scripts kind of thing. And that uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it's obviously based off the uh, book as well. But they um, didn't use a lot of the book and used the third script of this to make who framed roger rabbit yeah even though who framed roger rabbit came out before the two jigs they used because it was more about land and they used that land takeover and put the cartoon elements in it that was that was because he wrote little portugal which preceded uh little italy because he realized that the sandwiches were slightly better there I, I see. Here's the thing. I knew the Chinatown connection to Roger Rabbit just in that I thought it was, but I always heard of it as a parody idea, as opposed to it being actually like a developed thing that they just kind of pivoted. 
that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I I don't know. I was like trying to like find more on it too, but it it made sense based off of what I was reading. What the third script was about uh, for this, and they obviously scrapped it. Uh, but after reading what the third script was about and what Roger Rabbit is and what the changes are from the book, it kind of makes sense. That's amazing. That that the, I love it when you hear stories of like, oh, we're going to recycle the script and turn it into this thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably one of the few examples of it working out exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie, I, I watched it not that long ago with my kids and it still holds up. It's great. That's why, honestly, I thought you were vamping, Cody. Like, no, 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 I, I'm not. I, I was interested. Oh, no, that makes sense. It's very like you, like you can see Eddie Valiant is very much like a Jake Geddes kind of counterpart. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah, two weeks ago, too. So uh, watching this movie, it, it really put it into my head. I have never heard this. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard the connection to Roger Rabbit? No. Nah. Or just, I mean, you've also never seen Chinatown, so that would... Uh... Mm-hmm. I've also never seen Roger Rabbit. So <gasps> no, I've seen Roger Rabbit. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm just kidding. Oh, man, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. oh me too and it is kind of like it is one of those things because we were talking about this earlier that one of those things that you see as a kid and you don't really understand all the connotations of it and it's kind of like fucking wild oh there's some crazy shit going on in that movie like the sexual overtones in that are just that's one of those like hey we're gonna give you a single frame of something crazy movies as well i think we all know what we're talking about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the and just like the the Easter eggs inside of that movie. I'm still like, there's still ones that I saw when I recently rewatched with my kids. It's like, I didn't, I missed that completely. Um, in my last, in my last 20 viewings of that movie. That was one of my favorites. I I remember that one specifically getting that in my stocking for Christmas, uh, and watching it twice before I woke my parents up. (laughs) And and then, then, then then that realizing that trick from what time on. did you wake up or how late did your parents sleep? Cause that's it was, amazing. <laughs> well, it was something they tried that year specifically. And then every year after that, they always gave me a movie or two in my stocking. So that way it would like buy them an extra hour and a half, two hours before wow. they get woken up. So very that's, smart move parents who, uh, my parents would do that <laughs> deliberately. Like we would, we would get to open one present, uh, on Christmas Eve. Everyone did. And uh, so our parents would have dinner go like extra long <laughs> just to muck with us and like sleep in extra late to really just like make us like <laughs> champ at the bit. Nice. Yeah. Very smart. Uh, Home Alone and Jurassic Park, though, were the VHSs from the Safeway that we were really pretty excited about. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, this is not by any means i don't know why there's this movie i think i was saying to cody uh that it's like this movie it doesn't necessarily make me feel dumb anymore but it's definitely i get i get caught up in like just like trying to figure out all the puzzle pieces and it it does make me feel a little bit dumb um i don't know why it's just not one of my favorite polanski movies of the movies of his that i've watched i appreciate it and i like a lot of the elements of it but it's not one of those movies where I'm just like, oh, I'm dying to rewatch Chinatown. What's what's your favorite Polanski movie though? Um, I mean, Rosemary's Baby is pretty fantastic. Um, I really like The Pianist. 
Uh, I mean, those two are the ones that, you know, jump leap out at me. I haven't seen, I didn't, I was actually thinking about this when I watched, uh, was watching this. I was like, I don't think I've seen any other uh, Polanski movies, which after checking, I was wrong because I've seen Carnage, but I haven't seen uh, Rosemary's Baby at all. And I haven't seen. Uh, I, yeah, saw Rose, I, I saw Rosemary's Baby films. very, very young. How did it make you feel? Uh, I, I don't really recall, but I've become the person that is in front of you. So probably traumatic at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dodged a bullet. No, yeah, 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 yeah. but you <laughs> met me later. So here we go. There is, um, I'm just going through his, uh, his filmography and yeah, I haven't seen, I kept on, I think I saw a knife in the water when I was in film school at some point. I mean, he's got a ton of credit. Like, there are so many movies here that I've never heard of. Um, interesting. Uh, somebody, uh, who was it? Someone did a live reading, or maybe they just talked about it, doing like a live script reading of Rosemary's Baby, but reframing it as a comedy, uh, and just and it and it worked. <laughs> but because uh, for the though you haven't seen it, right? who is it that said they hadn't seen it? Uh, Cody's nurse. Yeah, I haven't seen it since I was very, very young. So, but it is one of those things that, having rewatched it, I rewatched it like two years ago because it was, it was a reference we were doing for. Uh, I directed a couple of episodes of the TV show called Cavendish, and yeah. and we were looking at Rosemary's Baby as one of our visual references uh, for doing creepy, weird. We were doing there was one of the episodes had, had like a, a satanic cult thing going on so we uh we wanted to use some of the imagery from rosemary's baby or to play with it anyway but it's but re-watching that movie at the time i remembered that and it was like this could if you just tweaked it you could easily like just do this as a big dumb over-the-top comedy um and but it, which is interesting because the guy that wrote that also wrote the Stepford Wives. Uh, Ira Levin, I think, is the name of the the author who wrote the book. And when you look at like the Stepford Wives came out as a as a movie around that time as well, but then they remade it. Uh, you know, what is it? Probably fifteen twenty years ago now with Nicole Kidman um, as a comedy, as a uh, Frank Oz directed it. I think uh, redid it as like a it's an over the top kind of comedy. Uh, but they did, I think, a, a reverse gender swap on, on on the concept of it. No, they didn't. No, it was just um, no, because they had a gay couple, and that's why I thought it was a gender swap for a second. But uh, but it was yeah, it was just Nicole Kidman doing it. But they definitely played it as, as a super dark comedy as opposed to just like a thriller. So I think that you can probably do that with anything uh, as the, like just in casting. Like you remember when they redid Psycho and they. Uh... Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Vince Bond was? Yeah, come on, man. He's so funny. It is all, he's all jerking off and looking in that shower. It's, That's it's, the like, only- it's like Porky's. It's like Porky's, too, which is also a great film. I don't mean that as the sequel to Porky's, because I would not want to usurp that sort of, uh, you know, championing of, of, of great comedic films. But... Uh, I, <laughs> I remember seeing the psycho, like the, that's the shot for shot, <laughs> Gus Van Sant one. I remember we were watching, yeah. seeing that in the theaters, but then never going back and, and watching it again. Cause it is really just a weird, bizarre experiment he did. Oh, it's odd. I mean, like, when, when is that? Well, 
Uh, funny games is the only like shot for shot thing that I was just like, I had to go back and watch the actual like original thing. But shot for shot remakes are kind of, it just seems, it seems like a waste of time. Well, that one was almost like he was just doing a weird experiment for himself and convinced the studio to give him a shitload of money to do it. I mean, if you can do that, more power to you. But like, but it was fascinating because I remember at the time reading that he also his plan was to do that and shoot like an actual updated version of Psycho back to back and release them simultaneously, almost just okay. to show like right. the experiment of like doing a complete remake, completely faithful to the source movie, but then also doing like a really weird updated that almost took. I, all I remember was that it was like there were supposed to be twenty somethings, and there was a club element to it, and that's all I remember about about that. But it never actually happened. They never actually shot anything, probably because the first one came out. They probably decided, well, let's not afford, pay to do two experiments back to back, Gus. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Gus Van Sant has gotten away with an awful lot of boring things in Hollywood, so and an awful lot of uh, not so boring things, but not so many things that you want to like really read about. Uh, <laughs> I think now at this point in his career, like the, the 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 Venn diagram isn't necessarily like leading in his favor as much as it was at one point. Not so much. I mean, it's a it's a tough time for uh, guys like you and I in Hollywood now, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh hey do you want to do you want to talk about the film noir elements of this film because i had, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had some dumb things i thought it was really funny the like the little uh sort of like detective things like running over the stopwatch or uh kicking out uh her rear view mirror or like uh you know how when a woman is in hysterics and you just slap her until she's a normal person again and also wants to kiss you super normal things to do like every one of them you should have a ton of stopwatches in your glove box and just do all the other things because it's just good detective work it's just a norm it's a ton of normal things to do uh the stopwatch thing is actually like it's it's interesting before you could you know do the uh whatever better call saw kind of like that goes under your rear uh wheel well thing all the cell phones yeah yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought of it that way. The slap is definitely it's it's one of those things where it's like that because that's definitely existed in earlier noir films. The slap. Well, the most important part of the slap is that it doesn't matter who slaps who, but you get a good closed mouth older male actor stretch out all of the skin around your mouth, Humphrey Bogart kind of kiss there, where you can see every like inch of how past forty you are. So that it like, like you're mashing your faces into each other and it doesn't look romantic at all. Ugh. That's my favorite part of every one of those films. Well, you guys don't like that when it's just like those creepy. Oh, the, all those old kisses are just almost like they just be, yeah, they press their faces into each other. And well, I'm sure, like, I'm sure the studio puckering. said like, you are not allowed to open your mouth, but they, they were like, make it look passionate. So they're just like, like, <laughs> That's they what were, it looks like. I don't know. You guys don't agree with me here? Oh, 100%. Horrible. Yeah, most of those old kisses are so awkward and weird. But then you get like the modern day ones where it's just like, oh, I don't want to see that either. No, not usually. And it, the, needs to, it needs to be earned. Otherwise, it's just like, mm. oh, you, you guys want to know a really, really funny thing to make everybody who's ever watching a movie with you uncomfortable that you now need to know and you're never going to forget? Oh, God. I, you're you're going to do it anyway. Just go ahead. <laughs> 
Okay, so when you're actually emotionally involved with a film, you are emotionally involved with the romantic, you know, relationship of the people. So when the kiss happens, what most people do unconsciously while they're watching is they go like this. They make a little kissy face. And as soon as you now know that, you're going to watch someone else. And if they know that you know that that is happening, they're going to become very self-conscious. And it's a, it's a super real thing. <laughs> I don't think most people do that. I refuse to believe most people do that. You have no soul, Cody. I, I think some people do because I've seen like uh, the equivalent would be like my dad watching hockey games and he moves his like feet with the as like the goalie while he's that watching is, it. That is the exact same thing. It's empathy. Yeah. Some people do that. Not everyone does that. Everyone does that. If they're emotionally involved in the film. If, if Like, I mean, do you fault someone for crying in a film? I don't. <laughs> it. it I, I let, here's the thing. I'm going to test this theory. I'm, I'm going to watch my, my family watching movies and, and but it's, but it's easy enough to say that it's like, if you don't notice it, then you could just argue that, well, that person's not emotionally involved. Certainly. But if you do notice it, you're going to be like, Kara's right. <laughs> so Kara, I, it feels like Kara set up a situation where you can't be wrong. Uh, that's yeah. my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not true. I've set up most situations where I'm wrong. <laughs> However, this is something that if, if you do employ it, it's an interesting little uh, experiment. Um, there's a, a fun bit of trivia is that uh, around this time is when Jack started dating Angelica Houston, who is um, mm-hmm. John Houston's daughter, who is in the movie. Who plays. I hadn't even thought of that. Okay. And and there was apparently a very awkward moment where they had that scene where he's like, are you sleeping with my daughter? And Jack Nicholson did not want to do that scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, he, he was offered to direct this movie, John Houston, and he said no. But then he ended up acting in it. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I did notice that Faye Dunaway had the same eyebrows as every girl in Winnipeg in uh 1999. That's an interesting observation. I don't know what that means. What does that say? (laughs) Just very thin. I I went to a lot of punk shows around that time. Are you saying that Faye Dunaway is punk? Uh, She looks punk to me. I don't know. (laughs) Is Faye Faye Dunaway like an attractive woman? I didn't understand that. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think she's unattractive. I didn't. I was just like, this lady looks... Like crazy. it was part of the film <laughs> that you couldn't piece together. That was it. Yeah, that wasn't a twist. That wasn't like one of the <laughs> one of the. This is this is a twist when you thread your eyebrows out of your fucking visage. But uh, also, uh, Faye Dunaway had as many nipples in that movie as Jack Nicholson did. I don't know if anybody else was counting, but uh, I did. I did not count Jack Nicholson's nipples, but I'm going to believe that you did. I did for the sake of equation because I believe in equal rights. <laughs> So I was, I was taking notes and writing bits. Did you notice that? (laughs) I can tell. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Remember how everyone thinks I'm annoying. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jeremy, I'll send you a link to our meeting groups. about this. 
I'm sure you're on board now. <laughs> well, we have one set up for right after this, isn't it? Like this always the postmortem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, how do you like them apples? I'd never heard that before. That was interesting. That it was in that film because well, obviously, you know, how do you like them apples? Yeah, I mean that's that's in Goodwill Hunting too. That's the big line there. No, 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 I know, but I I had never heard that before Goodwill Hunting and I didn't know that it would be like uh some kind of like reference to this film. And also the like um You know when uh she gets her eye shot out? It looks exactly like in Donnie Darko when what's his fuck gets his eye shot out like exactly. There's a bunch of like because remember before I was talking about how I never understand like film reference until I see it. Yeah. There was a ton of those things. It was it was wild. Um, I wish I had a better reference to punctuate that point, but I, I don't. <laughs> the Johnny Darko one. I never thought of that one. Yeah. Um, he also he also uh, wait. Who made Brick? That wasn't him, right? No, Rain Johnson. Rain Johnson. Okay, there was a ton of shit from Brick that I was just like, okay, this is what this is. Oh, 100 percent. I mean that that film is you know noir to its to the teeth. Yeah, yeah. When he's like laying in bed and he keeps on getting the phone calls, keeps on getting the phone calls. I was just like, okay, this is exactly that scene. It's it was that was cool as shit. Cody, what were you saying? Um, I was I was also thinking that uh, Care didn't know that. Uh, How do you like the them apples? Was in Goodwill Hunting after we had a long conversation about Gus Van Sant. That was what I was saying. <laughs> I was saying that I had never heard that term before Goodwill Hunting. And then I saw it in this film and I was just like, oh, that makes sense. You'd never heard the term like even in life? Never. Huh. I'd definitely heard it in life before. Yeah. But I know it most, you know, most popularly from uh from Goodwill Hunting. And then it be it became a quote uh, a lot in like high school for me because of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back as well. Oh, Which there is, was an there was another Jay and, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. There was a Kevin Smith thing where he says uh, she says "Cherche la femme," which is what uh, Banky says in Mallrats. It's like where are you going, "Cherche la femme," which is what they say in bed together. Mm. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's interesting. Look at that. Yeah, there's all uh, tidbits. It's not that I wasn't paying attention. It's just that I don't communicate well. <laughs> I, I mean, carry your attention to detail is astounding to me. I, I did not make like, when you say it, I, I see the connections or, or whatnot. But when I'm watching it, I don't make those connections. Like they don't come to my head. There's also the trouble from the, of them uh, coming from me. Mm. I'd like to think that with Care's brain, it's just like he's got all these. It's almost like his brain is one of those maps that has the strings things. And so as he watches like a giant pop culture reference film that he hasn't seen before, these strings just automatically start attaching themselves in his brain and they light up and let him know that now you understand this. You've, achi- you've unlocked this achievement. Yeah. And then you pour <laughs> vodka on it for like a number of years and see what happens. <laughs> A, a bit of a film noir uh, your life is in itself, Care. Is it? How's that? Well, just uh, with Jeremy's comparison there of uh, solving the mysteries of connecting. Yes, I have a beautiful mind. <laughs> you, you've tried to town the movie itself. <laughs> Forget it, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts on Chinatown? 
Yeah, I I think like I don't know. I I just had a really easy time watching it, and a, a really easy time like just because it. I mean, it's not like a long movie, but it's a longish movie, like two hours or a little over two hours. And I didn't feel that time at all while watching it. That's what I mean more so about an easy time. Not that I was like, wow, this is fucking awesome. I no, it, 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 it flows on I me. Mean, it's considered one of like the best screenplays of all time because yeah. it, just, it, flow, it flows <laughs> along and, and there's not a lot of fat there. Not a lot of fat and also... The conclusion is more um, in terms of like societal and morality play and things like that. So there's there's no like we're gonna tie this up in a bow and fuck you. It's uh, which is which is it respects its audience. That's it. Like it walks away. It ends on a note that is just like, oh, he can't do anything about this. Like, yeah, it's Chinatown. Yeah, she's dead. The, the granddaughter's being taken away. Probably gonna end up living with him. Is he gonna? Re- is is and is Noah Cross gonna repeat this act and have? Uh, ugh. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to yeah. get into American politics. I think we're a little bit uh, long in the tooth at this moment. But uh, yeah, you know what was great? The practical on the nose slit, and they're just like spurt the blood, make it look awful. That was visceral. That was just that hurt my my face to look at that was great and that is correct me if I'm, wrong, I'm just looking it up to double check but i'm almost entirely sure that that's is, polanski that is polanski yeah yeah doing that credit as man with a knife <laughs> i i was also thinking like when i was watching this like just be more in the flow like because i remember the last time i was on the podcast was for the fisher king and what the question on my mind was uh could this have been shorter and I think uh, that was my question on my mind for this uh, one, which I don't think it could have been shorter. Like this was the perfect length to me when watching it. Whereas like the Fisher King, if if you don't remember me watching that one, that one felt like a slog. That was another film that I saw really young because I thought that Robin Williams was just like the funniest thing in the world. And it's not, it's not funny. Not in that movie. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't watching. Like I watched Awakenings after that. No, <laughs> yeah, I know T- Terry Gilliam's films definitely. I I find I can't watch those films late at night. They 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 have a weird pace to them that doesn't necessarily. Uh, you you got to be in the right mood to just sit down and have a cup of coffee, and uh, and, and stick with it. Because they they meander in weird ways that I, I find with Gilliam's films, I always walk away thinking about it a lot. But I can get, kind of get bogged down and just kind of doze off too. I think that Gilliam needs his Spike Jones the same way that Kaufman's best films are the yeah. lens of Spike Jones. You know what I mean? A hundred percent that. Yeah, his, his own like directorial ones have been hard. The latest yeah. one I, I enjoyed, I think, the most of them. The what was it called? The, the it just came. Out, Jesse Plemons was in it. Um, breaking Bad. Breaking Sorry. Bad. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, was yeah. Breaking. Yeah. It was Breaking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being an asshole. Uh, I can't really name off the top of my head, but that, that's what I enjoyed. Oh, the- are you talking about the Kaufman film with Jesse Plemons? Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I'm. I, I. I think we should leave. No, no, I don't think we should leave. That's the comedy one. Something like that. I'm, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of leaving. Is that right? I'm thinking of leaving you. 
I'm thinking I'm thinking of leaving because it's a little up. bit it's a little bit more about death. So I think it's I'm thinking of leaving. Yeah. We've got the internet's yelling at us right now. Right. Um, I, I, I will look it up. But uh, that one I enjoyed the most. But Schenectady, New York, I had to watch several times before I just admitted Schene- that I didn't love it. Schenectady? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of ending things is the name of the movie. I'm thinking of ending things. Thank you. Schenectady uh, was the best movie I've ever seen for the first hour. And then the last, it's another hour and a half was torture and just like i felt the same thing uh, a thing about uh, i'm thinking of ending things um which is a much better title when you're talking about death and relationship which was it was so beautiful and just like it was amazing it was amazing it's just that it's one of those things that when you watch it once and you keep on thinking about it for a week it's not the same thing as like i really love this movie and i'm gonna watch it again tomorrow it's like i'll watch this next year yeah yeah but i think for sure carbon like benefits from having either like but and it's the same with michelle gondry because it's like you look at the troll sunshine and that movie is fucking one of my favorite movies of all time i think michelle gondry also needs a spike jones though but but similar but it's like you look at like yeah because gondry when he goes off on his own and and does his own thing but it's like him working with kaufman they balance each other in a weird way because because you look at the at Eternal Sunshine, that's Michelle Gondry, right? That's uh, Co- directed that. Yeah, yeah, but okay, Kaufman Gondry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Kaufman Gondry, and you're all thinking, the all the visuals are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also, but it's like it's it's this weird idea, and it's simplified. You know, he's just because because he's playing into the visuals more than he is to just where where what Kaufman is doing in like when he's directing on his own is almost like he's doing an imitation of the directing styles of Gondry and Jones mashed up together. I think, I think they kill each other's uh, darlings in that way. Whereas like, I would love to see a Kaufman play, which I've, I've never done, but I think within the confines of, you know, that space, you only, you can only do so much within whatever. And I think that that's really kind of, I don't know, uh, the mother of all invention is a uh, circumstance, that kind of thing. I think he is helped by having like frameworks and, and kind of like, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's uh, I don't know. Don't you work better under a, like when you, when you have time constraints, when you have a deadline, don't you work so much better? hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Just because you have to like make choices. You have to, or just, or even just working within like, I'm like, when I go to make a film, I make rules for myself on, how to shoot certain things and we can only use certain lenses for certain things just because otherwise the choices become endless, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. That weird, like nebulous thing. You kind of, uh, you, you end up jerking off at some point. It's, it's stupid. You're, you're good at setting boundaries for yourself. Uh, just uh, <laughs> in, life. I, 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 in life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the way the way I see it, yes. Oh well, thank you. I, th- I just think it's, I just think it's important too. It's just because otherwise you could just go on making decisions forever, and you you would never have to decide. It's like going to one of those bad buffets where you're like, you can't make all of these foods even half decently. Just make some choices. <laughs> yeah, and uh, artists who are successful though, it's like get out there and make mistakes, but never like make them a, like right the fuck away because you need to learn right now. Otherwise, you're gonna fucking fail. Be afraid of your mistakes because you only get so many. But like, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's but weird. yeah, the, you like you learn, you learn that way. But like, pull off the band aid, fucking do it. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm super bad at that. I get stuck on projects for forever and then, you know, they never get made or they end up getting made in a way that I don't want because I didn't just do it. You what are you going to gonna do? You got to find that middle ground. You got to find that middle ground care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's compromise certainly, but I, I also want to be a huge dick. So. Oh, well, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> For the viewers at home, uh, by which I mean the people listening, I'm uh, giving a thumbs up. I don't know how many people, how many people listen to your podcast? Just the three of us are going to listen to this. <laughs> okay, <episode>. great. <laughs> great, great, great. Okay, well, it was lovely spending time with you guys regardless. <laughs> uh, there's actually a surprising uh, decent number. Hi, all people who uh, who listen. I'm always, because uh, I, I literally just do this for my own personal enjoyment. So the fact that people listen at all is uh, is icing on the cake for me. Which you scrape off with a knife. Yeah. And then I don't eat it because I don't need icing. You don't need it. No, no, yeah. no. No icing. I give it to my kids. Yeah, yeah. This is a full uh, sort of, I don't even know. What What do you make? Uh, like flourless cake kind of thing? It's like a molten lava thing that has like just berries on the top of it. And the lava is made out of like, I don't know, uh, gut flora. <laughs> not eating that that's not what i make <laughs> i know i've seen your instagram i know you eat uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah man uh this was lovely so uh thanks for uh doing the thanks thing. for coming I, out yeah man we'll do another one and uh and we won't do goodfellas because i'm doing that in a couple nights even though i got confused several times throughout this that i, I was convinced i would even i think i titled the name of our zoom meetup as goodfellas yeah <laughs> you it did. was it was because care would not tell me what the movie was either so like coming into it i see the meeting i'm like oh goodfellas because <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be a delightful surprise because every time you see like goodfellas on the spike network or something like that not that I have the Spike Network, but if I see any part of Goodfellas, I watch the whole thing through. Like you have to. It's like the Shawshank Redemption or like one yeah. of those movies are just like, I'm going to watch all of this now. I, I, I literally to. popped it into my my Blu-ray player. I was about to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every, everything was set up. But no, that's okay. It's, it's fantastic. But for, for, but for those listening at home, uh, stay tuned because next week's episode will be Goodfellas. Uh, but not this week's, as you know now, because you've listened to this thing and you realize we only talked about Goodfellas 20 times, not throughout the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We'll do I it said, again. I said it in jest before, but I love you guys. So. Aww. Well, no, we have to go talk to the rest of the group now and, uh, mm-hmm. and talk about how we, you know, we accept your love, but we do not give it back. Yeah, I understand we- that. I understand that. We can't respond to that from you without a consensus from the entire group. Yeah. So we'll be back and let you know how we feel about you very shortly. I will have my representatives and my lawyers talk to you. So let's all go to the. Thanks for joining us for Chinatown. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby together.